Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Zach, do you think my husband's going to care that we're talking about us topping and bottoming? Um, I hope not. Is your husband a little bitch? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's a big bitch. (laughs) Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. It's Eric Williams. I hope you are doing well. Last night, we were just out of things to watch. We have gone through the murder mysteries. We've gone through the Bravo shows. So we, of course, turned to the 1996 classic, Mars Attacks. Because when there's nothing else to watch, you turn on the Tim Burton-directed film that truly has every big star you've ever thought of is in this cast i've been so busy with the podcast i haven't done the gay ass movies on instagram but now that i have some more time i think i'm gonna do mars attacks as one of these videos i mean do you know who is in this movie when you go back to watch it it is truly truly shocking i have the cast list up here where did it go i mean it's jack nicholson it's glenn close annette benning Martin Short, Danny DeVito, Sarah Jessica Parker, Pierce Brosnan, Michael J. Fox, Natalie Portman. It's like, who cast this thing? I also need to mention that Tom Jones has a cameo and he sings that song. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I don't know if that's a gay anthem, but I think an argument could be made for why it is. It's not unusual to be loved by... I mean, I think it is unusual to be... A lot of us should not be loved. We're we're nightmares. And yet here I am. Oh, sad. (laughs) On today's episode, we have one of my favorite comedians. It's Zach Noe Towers. You maybe have seen him on Comedy Central. He's on Dear White People on Netflix. He's on E's Dating No Filter. Uh, We find out in this interview that we're both from St. Louis, Missouri. So there is a lot of common bonds and traumas uh, with that common fact. Uh, it was truly one of my favorite episodes I've recorded. I'm so happy you get to hear it. And if you do not follow uh, Zach on Instagram, his handle is at Zach Noe Towers. That is Z-A-C-H-N-O-E Towers. And follow me at Eric Wills, E-R-I-C-W-I-L-L-Z. I'll be putting up more gay-ass movies. And also, you got to follow us on Instagram at gay-ass podcast. Send this to your friends, my friends, and enjoy. How are you doing, Zach? How are you doing? How are you surviving? I'm well. I am, to be completely honest, I'm like recently medicated and it's been a journey, but I think I found my cocktail of meds that is really like doing the trick. Congratulations to you and your family. That's a big, that's a big (laughs) thing. Yeah, no, my family's um, pretty great. They're probably as grateful as I am. (laughs) Everyone around me is as grateful as I am. I have to out a kind of external help in this pandemic. I I was not I was not in therapy for the first six months. What was I thinking? You were trying to raw dog the pandemic, and that is brave but foolish. But like, there's too much blood all around me. Do you know what I mean? It's like not worth all the blood. Totally. I actually am, in fact, just now dismounting therapy, Um, but I've been in it the whole time. So uh, during this dismount, how are you feeling about getting off? Um, I'm feeling really good again, like, because I'm on these like prescription drugs, it's addressed a lot of my underlying issues. And 
I found myself like <laughs> just approaching therapy every Sunday and being like, what am I going to say? I find when I plan out what I'm talking about in therapy, it like, it feels like I'm doing a play, like I'm reading script. And what I've tried to do, cause you have, of course you have those weeks where you feel like a complete garbage person that like you're boring the therapist and you want to make them entertain. And you say like, I'm so sorry, this is boring for you, but imagine being inside of this devastated vessel. <laughs> makeup stories i'm like and that's when my sister threatened to kill me i don't have a sister do you know what i mean like i'm starting <laughs> things up just to make sure my therapist feels kind of engaged but when i actually don't plan things i tend to like stream of conscious it and then of course i find trauma to discuss the, oh, we I, there always is <laughs> <laughs> the trauma tree bears a lot of fruit and you just got to start to grasp nibble. nibble and you'll and you'll get a taste <laughs> Yeah, very much that. Very much that. I um, I guess it wasn't even like, I think I felt bored. You know what I mean? I was just like, I'm hearing myself and I'm like, I, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. For, for right now, I'm fine. That's amazing, though. I mean, to be like boring in therapy is probably the goal of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. I think I've got a, a road. I no, think you, I have a road. You seem like you need it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That actually is a compliment um, only because I would like to like have the appearance that there's a heaviness around me because then I'm not boring. I'd rather be, I'd rather be devastating and exciting than just like healthy and boring. I'm like, I, I hear you a hundred percent. I, as someone who had a really chaotic, like earlier, like younger life, like I'm realizing that like boredom is good and like calm is good. And it's just taking a lot of reprogramming. It truly is that because especially like when I wasn't, I was really unemployed and really deeply bored. And I started to make up problems because I thought there needed to be problems there. I think is is your brand of crazy? Is it like, was it religious based of like the, the things that you can pull from, or is it like coming out trauma or was it just kind of a mixed bag of everything? Um, mine was like, uh, alcohol and drug abuse. I actually d- knew that answer because I've watched so much of your stand-up and I don't know why I just didn't. <laughs> no, you, make pl- it, you, it, you, you were playing coy. You were giving me an opportunity to not talk about it, I think. Yes. Of, of course. I, I mean, I was raised Catholic. That did a number on me. I was raised in Missouri. That did a number on me. But like, truth be told, like I just like went too hard with the fun stuff. And it, I cre- like you just said, I created these problems. Like most of my problems existed between my head and then I would just act out because of that. Yes. And maybe because we're both from Missouri, there's kind of a kindred trauma there. I could help. Maybe that's our silver lining. Missouri. Sisters. From, I'm from St. Louis. Where are you from? St. Louis. Shut up. Where'd you go to high school? I went to a small school called Whitfield. Have you heard? I have heard. Um, it's like a you, private school. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Where did you go? Um, Webster Groves. Yes. Okay. Did you hear me quickly move past private school? Because I don't want to <laughs> be it like a very good school. It was. Well, it's what's hilarious about the school I went to is that before I went there, it was known for the school where like the problem kids went. And if you couldn't get in anywhere else, you went to that school. But I think as the years went by, it kind of evolved. But I mean, the story is not interesting, but I wanted to go to a different school that was like even better. And, but my older brother was already at this school. My mom was like, I'm not driving to separate schools. You're going to go to that school. And so it was like, fine. Their musicals are okay. I love it. You wanted to be gay and different from a very young age. I think I did. And what's hilarious is like, I always wanted to be a performer or like a singer or whatever. And I wasn't good at all. I was like, in third grade, it's like, I want to be the lead of the play. Cut to, I get to play the quill worker, which of course was Native American appropriation. And I like barely whispered my lines. I wasn't talented at all. But the desire was there. And that's the important part. Honestly, having been in like entertainment for a minute, it is not that much about talent. Sure, talent helps, but it is about like sticking around and hustling and just playing as many cards as you can, in my experience, from per- from perception. Zach, that is so, I needed to hear that because what I've been realizing recently is like talent, yes, can be a part, but if you have confidence, it truly does not matter. There are some people that I, you know, have come up with that I'm just like, oh, they, they think that they're amazing. Yeah. 
So oh. then other, they're convincing other people. I wish I, I'll see these people at like, well, before pandemic at shows and Mike's just like, not, I don't want to say it kindly, but not good, but very happy, very seemingly not stressed, very seemingly I, that's, and that's truly why I got on an anti-anxiety because I was so imposter syndrome. I was yeah. so don't try new bits. I was so do your old stuff. Don't make anyone, don't, you know, don't fuck up the show, you know? I really feel the universe sent you to me because all of these things you're saying are proving that I need to get a prescription yesterday. Like I, (laughs) the imposter syndrome, the like fear of failure or doing new things. And it's like the anxiety is debilitating. Debilitating. It is. um, I just look at my life and it was so like, because it's crazy. It's like I've been in LA for 12 years. A lot of that was a wash because of my drinking. But then the past five, I've been sober and I had to finally acknowledge like, okay, it's not the drinking thing anymore. It's something more. And it's, it's that I wanted to get booked on every show, but when the night of the show came, I dreaded it. I, and then I, when I was on stage doing well, I loved it. And then I get off stage and forget within 10 minutes, like how much fun I had and how good it was and how easy it was. I went back to being anxious and like, wow, everything felt very not fight or flight, but like, yeah, kind of like, oh, I was getting post-anxiety. Like, is this funny enough? It, should I even post this picture? Oh my God, it only got 500 likes. You know, just like running circles in my own head. Yes, and it's almost like the world is ending mentality. of like, if I post something that isn't good enough, the world will end. I will not continue to live another day. Yep. And I will end up in prison at some point. <sighs> very, very much that. I literally even, I don't know how long you want to talk about um anxiety. But um, yeah, I literally started taking this and could not access that panic that I used to have. So it would be clarity kind of, I'd be like, I'd see a thought. I'd be like, well, that doesn't really make sense. And it's like, oh, like I should try new stuff because then I'll find stuff that works. And that made sense. And it just went over to the, you're going to do new stuff tonight. And you're just going to like live with what happens. And also know that if the part of the new stuff you come up with isn't what you're going to continue to working, it's okay. And yep. you're going to survive. Well, because the thing is exactly that. Like I, when I was still anxious and not medicated, I had to keep reminding myself failure is a part of this process. Nobody knocks it out of the park. Every time they open their mouth, I haven't even with my podcast where I'm like, be funny, come up with jokes before you do the intro, make sure it's, it's great. And then when, People would listen to it, be like, I listened to your pod. I dread, oh, I hope you don't have to. Like, it's not that great. Like, don't worry about it. But it's like, no, that's so counterproductive. Yes. And I I hope anyone listening to this that tries to do anything creative, like, listens to the fact that Zach Noe Towers, who is truly one of the funniest people I follow, who is such an effing star, has these imposter syndromes as well. And just to know, like, failure is a part of it. You trust yourself because people are going to pay attention to the things you're doing well. And like, I I mean, talk about podcast trauma. It's like, it's, it, I have partly been having so much fun with it. But of course, there's all the expectation and there are 3 billion in podcasts you're like well mine's not gonna be good who wants to hear another bottom talk about britney um but i do that's another bottom that wants to talk about britney i did say bottom for the joke i very proudly um have dabbled in both parts and i confidently feel the v word i'm the verse word i feel that verse guy is just like okay the, the, the uh, i'm i am god made me a bottom but I am fighting against God's plan and I'm like, I'm topping, you know, I'm doing that. I'm like, I, I, I ideally would love to be pansexual. That sounds liberating. That sounds fun. That sounds so enticing. I have no desire to be with a woman. Like, it's just not, it's like my medication. It's like, it won't let me access that passion. Um, but like verse guys, like truly verse guys, like not weird me out, but I'm just so fascinated. Cause I'm like, no, like, no, like you're lying about one of them. Like you either want this or you want that. I'm like so old. I'm like, I sound like a dinosaur right now, but like, I'm jealous. And I'm also like on guard around them. I'm like, I can see it in your face. Yeah, I like, mean, you're a people pleaser. That's what you are. Of you're course like, I am. I'm deeply afraid of being unliked. You could put it in any hole, put it in my ear. As long as you like me. If I just want validation, I'll be a top, a bottom, a pan. I'll be, girl, whatever you want, as long as you give me five stars on TripAdvisor, bitch. 
uh, round trip would fly again. Yeah. Yes, I think you're getting to the bottom of what kind of my the reason why I will perform in any in any role. And honestly, I think it like God made you a bottom. He did. She did. Sorry, they did. She. But God has a plan. <laughs> the universe has a plan, and maybe in your fifties you might completely turn around a corner and be like, oh my God, I want to exclusively talk. Well, as a 56-year-old woman, I don't have much time left. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I uh, I completely agree. And this is the thing. I've been, I, I talk, I've been topping. And like, I think sometimes for me, and I, I blame this on Missouri, I blame this on my age. I saw such heteronormative roles that I like was like, I'm the bottom. I'm the more girly one. I'm seeking this. I'm seeking a top who's taller than me and can, you know, change the light, my tires, you know what I mean? It's like, and I'm fighting against that every day. And I've gotten way better. Like, again, I'm topping, but um, I don't know if I could sustain, I don't know if I could be the tire changer in the relationship, if that makes sense. Okay. Hey, Zach, do you think my husband's going to care that we're talking about us topping and bottoming? Um, I hope not. Is your husband a little bitch? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's a big bitch. (laughs) Nasty bitch. Um, So, yeah, talking about Missouri trauma, like, I definitely, I think, wanted to play a certain role in a relationship or just because I was like, I'm a guy. The guy's got to do certain things. I have three brothers. I mean, like, yeah, I'm I'm dating men, but I'm also going to be the the guy. guy. But cut to, I can't change a light bulb. I can't fix it. I can't do anything around this house. I will put an apron on and do the dishes. And that's kind of about all I can do. Like our carbon monoxide alarm went off yesterday and my husband was cooking. He was like, can you change it? And I was like, um, so no, actually, no, I can't. <laughs> that is not kind of in this repertoire. Um, <laughs> but YouTube helped a sister out and let it be told I got double A batteries and the carbon monoxide has been fixed. Ladies and gentlemen, the carbon monoxide has been fixed. I'm standing and applauding. I'm really proud of you. And YouTube has been my best friend too. Of Like, can I do this? Yes, I can. And that's kind of a beautiful 2021 milestone is that if we can't do something, we can learn. And even even if it's like about topping and bottoming, the internet can teach us. Yes, completely agree. Well, I think talking about growing up from the same state, kind of what how it shaped us to be who we are. Is there something that you can kind of trace back to finding out that you were gay? Was it a pop culture moment? Was it maybe a porn? Like who who do we blame? Who do we blame? Um, who do we blame? Um, I blame the staff at the Discovery Zone. Oh my god! I have not thought about that place in decades. I and you're welcome. Um, for those memories to come flooding. For those of you who don't know, Discovery Zone was like a series of, it was like a McDonald's play place, but like just that, like ball pits, faint urine smell, teenagers running the place, chaos basically ensued, but it was birthday party central. And I was like five-ish and I would wrap my arms and legs around the leg of a male attendant and look up his shorts. (gasps) He is like his dick. And that's I've been I've been I've been a cock hungry little kid since then. <laughs> I am truly speechless. It's rare that I don't know how to respond, but you're unlocking so much for me. Um, first of all, I do remember looking up the shorts of counselors at camp. Oh yeah, like can five year olds uh, can five year olds uh, assault of a thirty you know like a twenty two year old man? Is that um? I think you're allowed to assault anyone who's taller than you. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my um, barometer. Well, good thing I didn't grow till I was like 12 or 13 because those were the golden years before. I was that awkward child that at 13 at my bar mitzvah, I was six feet tall with a size 13 shoe. My twin brother was 4'11". Not a joke. It was horrifying. Wait, your, your twin brother was 4'11"? Are you not, not identical? Very fraternal. The cards that were dealt, they gave me deep homosexuality, a, th- a thinning hair, and they made him a person that does finance that is five foot four. It's the cards were really kind of randomized by by God. Wow. That is um yeah, an unlikely pairing. But nice for your parents have like a little variety. That's kind of fun. 
They do have interesting variety. They have a vet, a veterinarian son. They've got the actor, comedian, gay one in New York. They've got the finance shy bro. And then the other one is the other finance bro, but he's, he's a sensitive one that did theater. So he's, he's got, he's straight, but he's a very emotionally intelligent, beautiful person. Is there a, a, t- a sprinkle of gay in any of them or did you take all of the gay? I did take a lot of it. Um, I, I think it. the only sprinkling went to my younger brother because he saw me do theater growing up. Oh. And the production of Oliver, my junior year, they needed little uh, children to play the, what do you call The orphans. Yeah. And um, so my younger brother, he was like 12 years old. And then he, and then he <laughs> got bit by the bug, as they say. And then he, <laughs> did, he did theater every year of high school. So he got that sprinkling. Wait, who were you? I was fa- I was Fagin. I was Fagin. I was Fagin. Nice. That's like the coveted part, I think. It, you know, the, the director came up to me. She said, you know, the show might be called Oliver, but this is Fagin's story. And I just wiped my mascara away. And I said, <laughs> I, I tightened my gray wig and I said, curtain up. I'm ready. I um, also did a community production of that. And I played uh, the fat, mean man who like sells <laughs> Oliver. Wow, typecasting. Typecasting. I know. I've been put in a box since I was 14 years old. <laughs> the industry knows what it wants, Zach. Wait, so I'm so curious about your your formative years with, you know, Discovery Zone, looking up the shorts, and then doing theater. Like were there like your your gayness growing up in Missouri? Like what what were the shows? What was your what Sure, was- for sure. Ten is when I auditioned. I was doing like school plays and stuff, which was fine. I don't think my dad cared much about it in general, but my mom was like she was a good momager or whatever. She was like, she was supportive, but she didn't make me do anything. Um, but they have this, uh, outdoor theater in St. Louis, Missouri called the Muni. And it's like a 12,000 seat outdoor theater where they do summer stock theater. And I was a Muni kid and Muni teen. So from 10 to 18, I did Muni shows and I toured in this like, um, kid troupe. Um, doing musical numbers. So I was very, and I, I studied musical theater in college. So I was like very musical theater from like 10 to 22. And then I have not looked at it since. Wait, this is crazy. You, I mean, I've already been a fan, but the fact that you are a musical theater queen going into an iconic comedian is like, this is a, a beautiful union. Cause I did Muni growing up as well. And we probably, what? I don't know, somehow missed each other, but I literally, we probably hooked up in studio B. I'm, um, 35. How old are you? I'm 31. I bet we were, were you in the Muni goes British? No, but I definitely saw it. Okay. That was like all the little boys were in that. Um, I'm trying to think of all the shows that I was in Miss Saigon. Me too. Okay. We were in Miss Saigon together. <laughs> I mean, because it was the first time they did it at the Muni, I think. Or no, maybe it wasn't the first time they did it at the Muni. But it was like, we were for sure in the same. I was a teen in that one, I think. Were you maybe a kid? I was a teen, but like a young teen, I think. Okay. Because that was probably when I was like 17, I think. And I was probably, yeah, like 13. 13 or 14. We can go back and look. We can go back and look. I would be very curious to see what other... I was in Sound of Music, but that was very long ago uh joseph and the amazing technical or dream coat um were you in jesus christ superstar no thank god it's my first i don't like one. that show <laughs> it was i mean the show well the show i learned a lot about the bible I, I will say growing up as a jew in missouri i like didn't i i knew less than you would think i was like Mar- mary who, who did she who what did she do but i was like oh the plot of this musical is similar to the the bible but i also the first show i did was greece it was Oh, how do I say? Um, really not good. <laughs> you need to understand like this theater. It's like Broadway talent. It's like they get the most incredible. And I was like, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> um, that's a, well, and the thing is like when we were kids, it was all so magical that like they might have been bad performers when I was in it, but like it felt very Oh, I'm in the Muni. You know what I mean? Yes. And some people were absolutely insane. Like, I remember uh, Miss Saigon, in fact, like the the incredible people that were the leads in that show. Uh, Les Mis was incredible. Um, I think I was in the producers, and I remember funny segue is that the woman that played Ula, the, you know, blonde uh-huh. bombshell, she, it's, her name is Angie Schroer and she was incredible. And she was in the prom on Broadway as the Nicole Kidman part in the oh movie. 
god so like crazy i watched her on broadway and i was like i do not know you but i definitely like was in a rehearsal room with you at one point but the um crazy topical part of all this is that we have to mourn for a second that james corden was nominated for a golden globe for the prom I could have done without us actually even having this moment because I, um, yeah, I literally tweeted now that we've handled Trump, what are we going to do about James Corden? <laughs> um, because it's like, I mean, I've never experienced someone funny, fun fact. I did, um, background on a commercial years ago and he was like the lead in the commercial and he was not pleasant. And I was like, I have heard that a lot, and I think it. I understand if you're very famous, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions about you. Sure. But at some point, if the majority of the people that are talking about you are saying negative things, I think we just have to believe the victims. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Be, well, and the other thing is, like, I have had interactions with as famous or more famous people that have been truly wonderful. Right. I mean, and that's, and that's like the beautiful thing. Like I like talking about Broadway people, like she's comes out from from time to time comes up, but I have met, been around Sutton Foster. Mm. No, no one is nicer. Like actually the most kind, generous, like down to earth, cool person. However, if I were to meet Leia Michelle and she turned out to be nice, I'd be the most shocked person on the planet. Exactly. Everyone knows um, I I went to a taping of um, Fashion Police when Joan Rivers was on it. Um, my friend was the warm up comic, and uh, in between, like taping, she would come over to us and ask if anyone had any questions for like her. So like, Joan Rivers like answered like dumb audience bitch questions from people like me, and I was just like, this is crazy. Like you didn't have to do. The other people literally walked off to like their their um, dressing rooms and stuff like that. And she just like, Joan Rivers. And you know what? That woman is truly like, I have a feeling she was one of the most amazing people to be around. I'm sure like the energy was always full chaos, Yeah, but always hustling. So kind. Like I love to hear that because there was that documentary about her that that was work. Oh my gosh. And just like seeing how much she hustled, things like that make me feel so grateful for the people that are kind, but also work their asses off and like give themselves to their work. This is the gayest reference because I know there's a lot of opinions, but the documentary about Katy Perry, when she finds out that she's getting divorced and then she's wipes her retire and then they send her ass up to Brazil or whatever. Oh my God. Yes. The fact that she is weeping like in her makeup chair and then three seconds later, she's going up from beneath the stage I see. and then she puts the face on she puts yeah. the big smile on and then you hear the crowd war she's like what's up singapore or wherever she is like i oh i cried i cried me and the other eight-year-old girls in the auditorium <laughs> cried at that part how could you not it's like it, i think anyone anyone that's a human that's had a difficult emotion knows what it's like to have to like wipe your tears, put on your face and like, and then, and then pretend that you're okay. Except Katy Perry had to do that. Like at an Olympic Olympic sized arena. Absolutely. It's wild. Yeah. Do you, are there any pop Queens that you will, if you hear they're having a concert, you need to go. Yes. Um, Lana Del Rey. Mm. I'm like a very like basic, person but i find a lot of joy in being basic so i don't say that with any shame um like taylor swift would really get me to to slide my credit card over Mm. um the best uh coachella i ever went to the three girls i got to see were lana ellie goulding and lord and it was just like it that that paid that that covered my expenses in my head i was like i'm getting to see these three like done you know and that's kind of goes to show you, like, obviously we want to be frugal to a degree and smart about money, but life experiences, some of them are priceless and I need to stop censoring myself and buying shit or doing things. And I think the pandemic hopefully taught me that even though like being unemployed for so long, maybe never, never want to spend a dime again. I know, but I like, you're, you're not going to remember, like if you have a great Roth IRA, fine. But if you've never been outside your house and like, what are you, what are you going to retire from? This is so funny. I just started an RIRA two years ago and I recently, someone was like managing it. And my friend was like, they're, they're charging you way too much to manage this. So I 
did all the paperwork. Talk about top behavior. This is top behavior. I I did all the paperwork. I opened a Schwab account and I took it, controlled it. And I put, I love putting money in my IRA so much. It's my kink. I'm like buying Vanguard (laughs) stock. I'm like, "Ah, my future. I'm sure like your kink 10 years ago was not putting stuff into your Vanguard stock on Charles Schwab. I have such a resentment that no one told me. Zach, I've gone through this so recently of just like, how how can our teachers, our elders take us through life and then just you expect you to fight, figure out what a Charles Schwab fucking account is? Crazy. I had to ask my, like, I was unclear that Schwab was like a bank money thing. I, I've heard Charles Schwab before, but I was like, doesn't concern me. Um, <laughs> is he a top? Um, I don't care. Um, Where does he live? um, Like, even if, like, if, if if my parents had said, okay, start putting $500 a year into this magical account, I'm 30 fucking five years old. I would have had a chunk of money blossoming right now. Yes, it is so, I mean, talk about rock bottom. Like I got to a point of being unemployed and so frustrated as my brothers were working these finance jobs, talking about money in a way that I did not understand a word of. And finally, I was like, I had like a discussion with my parents where I was just like, I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like I don't know a damn thing about this. And I'm never going to be able to have any financial security or a house because I was never taught this. Meanwhile, how do all of my siblings know this? And I, I just felt like angry at someone. I just didn't know who I should be angry at. I guess part of it is our fault, but we're artists. We're supposed to be cared for and told what to do. Hello. Ugh, if only that. And that's actually like my biggest goal in life is, is number one validation. Number two, just to be taken care of. Can you just let me put on my little plays? I honestly, I know for a long time, I was like, I really want to date a guy or marry a guy who like thinks what I do is really cool, important, and adorable. Like go on, babe, like put on your show, like do your bits. And I'd be like, thanks, sir. You know, and I go like, enjoy my life. Absolutely. Now I am am like, I've been manifesting my tits off and I've been really reaping the benefits. And I, I, I am seeing so much joy in making like my own money and like being my own boss and buying things I want and stuff. Zach, I love this because I, as much as the manifestation thing can be eye rolled out by some people, I'm 100% a believer. I say mantras every night before I go to sleep. I, the, the energy you put out into the world is like what the universe will provide for you. And I was in New Orleans and this, I got my cards read and this woman taught me to buy a book that was all about that theory your thoughts will manifest what actually comes true for you the book was bad the book was not a good book <laughs> however the the statement behind it i 100 percent have lived by and when i'm really on top of my mantras the universe provides mama does provide i complete i'm kind of new to this like i started kind of this year but like in the first two weeks i'm not even kidding I got like two residual checks I was not anticipating because I was money focused. I'm like money, 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 money. And then the the gig I've been working offered me more responsibilities and like Mm -hmm. more money. And then I'm not even kidding. I opened my bank account and there was a direct deposit for (gasps) $3,800 from a project I did three years ago that had been, it was a, it, they put it on the radio on Sirius and it had been accruing residuals for three years and oh. they just linked it to my account and I got $3,800. This is a true example of these mantras and manifestations working. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. And like I, now I do my morning pages. Did you do the artist way ever? So I did not, but I just read about morning pages and I did it for two days. And then my husband was like, well, you're doing the artist's way. And I was like, no, I'm doing morning pages. Okay. I never finished the artist's way. I did like eight weeks do my morning pages. I took some stuff from it, but morning pages is one of them. I've been doing it since May. And it's like, I've been ending with affirmations and like positive things and like writing them and feeling them and thinking them. I do believe the universe feels fills in the gaps. A hundred percent. Do you do your morning pages, uh, piece of paper and pen, or do you type it? Google doc. 
Okay, that sh- I'm going to try that because my my hand got tired. This is the thing. The woman who wrote that, when she was around, it was typewriters or pa- piece of paper and pen. We are on our phones. We're typing. We see things through type. We text. I believe that my body is absorbing it just as much as her body absorbed her pen and paper. Well, clearly it's working. I mean, you just woke up to almost four grand in your bank account that you weren't expecting. Like that is not $2. That is money. Crazy. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe those things are going to happen anyway, but it feels very good that it happened this way. And all we have right now is just like how we feel and manifesting money. I would also like to blame a few more people for my homosexuality. Please. James Marsden. <gasps> oh my he God. He really did a number on me and I hope he knows it. Um, James, Hansen, if you're out there. Oh, um, Bob. Yeah. I think the middle brother, I, at a very early age, wanted, I think it was the middle brother to absolutely rail me or before I knew what rail me was, I was putting that energy on the middle Hanson. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, a little bit his fault. Um, the movie now and then for some reason, wow, the craft definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of people are responsible. I feel like though, like Hanson to me does not give me top energy. Like I think some of like, I think the Hanson middle brother wants to be railed. Do you disagree? I think looking back, I'd agree with you, but like uh, from my, like, you know, crisscross applesauce in front of the TV, watching them umbop on the beach and stuff. I was just like, I want that inside me. I want umbop inside me. I want to be filled with umbop. <laughs> I'm making merch that says I want umbop inside me. Um, I also think James Marsden for me, I've, I've always knew he was gorgeous, but something about him in hairspray, I, I know it wasn't like when we were very young, but he is so, I don't know why he doesn't work more. I mean, I'm sure he's busy, but like he has star quality. He's gorgeous. He seems to be not like a monstrous, bad straight guy. Sure. And the things that I would do, obviously I want him to do things to me, Yeah. but I have a lot of things I want to do to him. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he's just like, he's still very hot. Like he's still just extremely hot. He's a very specific brand of hot too. I feel like as he ages, of course, he will never not be hot. I think like as cliche as this is, I know, but seeing like the George Clooney, Brad Pitt types, like, yes, it's cliche that they're hot, but it's for a reason. Like they like walk around with such a, like, what was that movie that Brad Pitt was just in that was like oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, in Hollywood. I know the movie was five hours long, and I had to put an out of office email set aside when the, <laughs> when I was in the theaters because no one could contact me for a full calendar week. <laughs> However, like the the sex appeal of Brad Pitt is just like there. I I'm I it's it's him amazing. shirtless on the roof with the hammer. I was like, make me the nail. If there's a god, you'll make me the nail right now. <laughs> If there's a God, this is a new gospel song that's called If There's a God. If there's a God, then make me me (laughs) now. Wow, we just wrote a song. We did. Um, Did One of your favorite, one of my favorite tweets of yours talking about dating relationships the things that were manifesting you said my friend met his husband at a sex party while sucking whilst sucking the same dick your move hallmark movie channel (laughs) i just want to let you know it's a a emotional story and i'm just so happy that love still exists in this world hey that's a millennial love story if i've ever heard one and it's like like further, like how, like, did, was it like a lady in the tramp situation? Like, did they start at the bottom and then meet at the top? <laughs> like what? How, I want to know. Uh, a lady in the tramp style. I mean, the way that that would have to work is uh, some dexterity, some flexibility, but definitely possible. For sure. Are the, uh, is your friend that's with his husband from the sex party? Are they happy? Uh, yeah, they seem very happy. They just bought a condo in Hollywood. Yeah, they're living the dream. Yeah, dude. And they apparently still suck that person's dick sometimes. Wow. It's just like, I mean, that's that's a cherry on top, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I find it so interesting right now hearing about dating in the pandemic and like how people are doing and also like the rules we're all setting for ourselves. And if they want to suck that dick from the their meat cute at this sex party, I think if they if they feel comfortable doing that, then like who are we to stop them? Oh yeah, I mean this they this was all pre-pandemic. Sure, 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 sure. 
But, um, yeah, have you, oh my God, I almost asked, have you been dating? Are you in an open marriage? No, I mean, we, that's the funny thing is like, we are monogamous, but do I enjoy flirting? Oh, so much. Oh yeah. Flirting's great. I just found out the definition of flirting is, um, being like, oh fuck, now I'm going to fuck it up. Being like sexually suggestive with no intention of being physical. Mm. which is crazy because i thought it was the precursor to being physical do you know what i mean yeah i mean that's a thing for so many people i think flirting and also just dating in general is about the chase and the excitement and the the like fantasy. chemicals that yeah the fantasy and the chemicals that change in your brain when you are starting to entertain the idea of the fantasy and i think that's probably why a lot of people cheat is that they want the, that chemical change again they want the fantasies but i i think and obviously I don't know anything about anything, but what I have learned as I'm flirting and getting older and being married is the excitement that comes with the flirtation, with the chase, uh, as long as you are following rules is probably just as exciting as the actual act or the event. And the, if you are breaking rules, the devastation that feels from the breaking of the rules does not make up for the benefits of, of going through that of I 1000% agree as someone who's never been married or in a long-term relationship. I feel comfortable agreeing with that. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's crazy. Well, for me, it's like, um, a veiled boner is hotter than a dick pic. Give me a hard dick under some like, uh, boxer briefs Mm. as opposed to like a full cock in view. This show is for children it is uh, for elementary schools in Missouri. Great, great. It's an educational program. <laughs> for um, Conway Middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the buildup is always better than the actual, when you're getting down to it, I think. So yeah, flirting is the precursor to, you know, touching or boners or whatever. So yeah, I, I completely agree. The fireworks can exist in like that verbal exchange. Yes. So I'm actually curious talking about flirting and, and especially dating in a pandemic. Is there, are you manifesting like the type of partner you want? I know like the person that changes the tires, but like where, where's your head at right now when it comes to like manifesting the top verse, whatever person that you would like to bring into your life? Um, yeah, totally. I actually, one of my morning pages, I, instead of doing like money hungry affirmations, I did like, I described my perfect guy And what's interesting is I've been dating this guy for like three months, but he's resistant to the term boyfriends. This is, this is crazy. So we spent Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's together. Christmas night, I spent Christmas Eve. I spent the night, right? I put in my mouth guard. He's spooning me. And he goes, it's like 1.30 AM pitch black in his room. He goes, you're the first guy I've ever spent the night with. And I was like, ever? I had a fucking mouth guard him. I was like, this is too much information. He said he's a lone wolf, but that's like lone gunman behavior. <laughs> I, but like, what do you say? He's 28. He's never spent the night with a guy before. What? Who hurt him? Is he okay? I, he's from Kentucky. Does that count as pain? Yeah. I mean, Kentucky does a number on anyone, but wait a minute. This is a 28 year old who has never spent the night with someone. Do you, do they have sleep? Do they have sleep issues? Um, no, not to my, I'm well, a little bit, but we're not going to give him any sort of excuse. This is just, no, I don't know why I'm just like picturing like a, what's it called? A CPAP machine. Oh, like, sure. like I'm like, I've never slept with anyone, but cut to them, like hook up a giant <laughs> machine. Right. But but you know what's really funny about that is that I had I had sleep baggage for my first years when I was like coming at, or just like sleeping with guys and dating for the first time. I never wanted to sleep over. Sleep to me was sacred. I like I only want to be dating the person if like for whatever reason I gave myself that most bogus rule that I realized after I did sleep over it it wasn't as sacred as I pictured it, but I kind of did stick to it to a degree. Like I probably didn't sleep over with a guy for meh, probably like 3 years after I started dating men. Wow. But but I was also like that was like I was 20 21 or 22. Do you know what I mean? Okay, like that's, that's interesting. And I do, I respect that very much. I also think sleep is sacred. I'd rather spend, I'd rather sleep alone in a bed, I think than with another person, but, but um, I'm not excusing. I'm not excusing this guy because 
I just think unless he came out really recently, that would actually make more sense. But if there's not, if there's not, did he, did he never give you a reason? Um, he just said, well, he's not, this is the other thing. He said he's never really dated before. There you go. That's it. Does he, so he hasn't dated. He hasn't slept over. Is there, obviously there's an inexperience, but do you think it's a commitment issue centric thing? So if you, you, um, have you, do you know anything about attachment styles? Like, have you read anything about it's, it's very interesting. There's several different attachment styles. I'm avoidant. I am avoidant to relationships i'm avoidant to commitment i'm just like i keep people at an arm's length and i know that about myself now but i think he's avoidant and he just doesn't know it things. but he literally this saturday he invited me to play uh, to game night with him his mom dad and brother and brother's girlfriend i'm like we're in a relationship game night game night is relationship night i mean that He's still I, resistant to the to the B word. That's okay though. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not starving for the B word. As an avoidant person, maybe this is exactly what I need. But um, it's just interesting. Oh, but to answer your question, yeah, I I wrote down every quality, which felt very greedy because, of course, I want him to be like doing something he loves, very good at the thing he loves, wealthy, has property, charming, handsome, funny. Let's me be the funnier one kind giving you know what i mean like but then at the end of the day i need to become those things i think before i can truly like ask them of the universe it is so difficult i mean just relationships in general are so difficult and like when you combine any two people it's just like complementing your trauma your the way you your values how you want to it's so difficult and i what i realized for me and i you might be similar is that the the type of person you want to be with does let you be the star and they need to have their own uh chutzpah their own you know mojo but I'm sure we've all heard this. The things that sometimes bring you together, of course, also tear you apart. Like when I first met my husband, he was like a little shy, but I could tell he like had a little bit of sass and he was like really beautiful, but like, um, wanted to be pulled out of a shell. And I loved that. I was like, I'm going to make your freak flag fly so high and I cannot wait. So of (laughs) course I like, made the first kiss really kind of a, a, a sensual. I talked about this on an episode, I think with Ashley Gavin, actually where I was just like at a bar sitting on a couch, a bunch of people around us. And of course I like got him to give me a, a nice long makeout session. And he of course would like be mortified nowadays to make out in public, but it was early on. And then like, it was just all, all these ways for me to get him out of his shell. And it was so such a talk about a chase. It was such a fun chase. But of course now, like seven years later, I'm just like, can you tell me what you want for dinner? Can you just tell me how you like, wait, can you talk I'm not about a mind reader? I'm just like, as, as a, as a chronically single person, I like experience like um like fatigue or like in 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 finding a man desirable for a long period of time is very challenging because I've had so much casual sex and so few long-term relationships that I just like the concept of being with one person for 7 years actually doesn't compute in my head as I get I like start to get bored after a month or two yeah well what's the um what's the longest you've dated a person before six months so i think what the the trick is for me that i have only had to go through just through like the true roller coaster of what this is is that you have to ride waves of just like like having sex all the time and it's like holy shit like i'm so hot for this person and like it's good and then when you have the lulls and you're not having sex at all or it's very rare the old way i used to think was like oh so we are gonna break up okay so this was a failure and my instincts were correct there's no reason we are to it's like my mind was always like fatalistic it was always like anxiety and and that's and honestly i'm not just buttering your biscuit here like the things that you were saying about anxiety i identify so much and it it that's my those were my thought patterns of like Oh, things are bad. The world is ending. It is. We need to be done with this. Thank God I had a therapist. I was just like, you need to chill the fuck out. You're 
time. And I, I remember I, I've told, I've told Matt this, like I got to a point where we were going through a tough time and I was having the thoughts. So we, we were going to break up and I was just like, yes. Yeah, so I think we, um, if we don't figure this out, like I, we're, we're going to break up. Like it's, that's just where we're at. And, and he was like kind of horrified to hear me say that. And then, but we really worked on, um, you know, listening to each other and being there for each other and being mindful of, of how we spend our time together. And we made a big turnaround and it started to train my brain to be like, Oh, wait a minute. You can get better. And one emotion doesn't last for an entire lifetime. Yeah. Long story short, all this to say is just like, we've had so many ups and downs over the seven years that like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say like we, a year before we got married, we went through a, a difficult period. I was super depressed. I just done this big acting job. I came back to New York and I was like, Oh, so I have nothing going for me. The world is horrible. Our never relationship gonna is bad. They're never going to work again. We're not going to be happy. And again, I was having just like this difficult time. And then we, we went to therapy, we talked it out and we ended up putting so much work in that we were better than we were before. And that's when I was like going into my wedding. I was just like, this is my person because it's going to be bad at times. But actually we have proved to each other that from the bad times, we can actually improve upon what we had before. And so like that is about sex. It is about all of it. But like the moral of the story is like relationships are not for everyone because it's a fucking battle. Yeah. I had a therapist tell me that point blank. He was like, not everyone's meant to be in a relationship. And that's the difficult thing I think about like just getting older and realizing like what you actually want. Like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, People have kids because they think they should have kids. Do I want kids? People get married because they think they should get married. Do I want to get married? People live in a suburb because they, you know, are told at a certain age. And it's like, I am truly trying to figure out what it is. I actually want. And I know to a degree and I'm really trying to manifest it, but there are certain things that it's like wild cards. Absolutely. It's, and part of my getting sober was very much that like, who am I? What do I want or care about? The best thing I think people can do is travel sometimes because when you're alone or like in a new surrounding, you're going to like re you're going to figure out who you are really fast. Yeah. And I think also that's like a, to a bigger point. That's very cliche is like, tr- like seeing other worlds expands yeah. your mind. And yeah. that's why then when there are certain people that won't leave where they grew up, even wow. for a week, it's yeah. like, I understand being comfortable, but when you see a different way of life, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have to live in this other place. That's like when people visit New York and they're like, I'd never want to live here, but I'll visit. It's like, you don't have to live here. We, no in fact, we don't want you to live to. here. No one asked you to live here. In fact, stay, you can stay home. Um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say about anxiety real quick. I, well, I have become an absolute drug pusher. Everyone I talk to, I'm like, it, my life's turned into a Zoloft commercial. I'm just like, thanks Zoloft. Um, <laughs> I, but the crazy part about it too, was that I had so much fear around even embarking on a medicine. Like I had called a psychiatrist on my whiteboard for four months. Yeah. Actually looked up a psychiatrist and, and then I was like, I'm really scared. I'm going to fuck up my brain chemistry. And my friend was like, you're not fucking up your brain chemistry. You're fixing your brain chemistry. Oh shit. I mean, there's such a stigma around helping yourself with medication in so many ways. I mean, I have to say my husband and I have like jokey fights and then real fights and they're back to jokey fights now about I pop a lot of probiotics. I take my multivitamin. I have a melatonin at night. I, you know, I have in the past had a Xanax prescription for the really, really difficult times. And I, it also doesn't help that my dad literally owns a pharmacy and sells pills for his job. But I just grew up like, okay, I'm going to take this calcium if maybe I'm feeling a little run down. But my husband calls me Judy because he thinks that I'm always popping pills and I'm, you know, going to end up to be like Judy Garland. However, I'm like, I'm not Judy Garland. I'm taking a probiotic to give me a healthy digestive system. You know what? It's like that stigma around medication, I think, probably has fed into my mind a bit. And I think that if people need to be like you said, balancing out chemicals that are not serving them and through a doctor, that's the way to go. It's like, absolutely do that and don't feel any shame around it. And like hearing you talk about your being a Zoloft commercial, I'm like, it's working on me. Do you work in marketing? Cause you sold it. You sold the idea. <laughs> um, I, I, let's go back to your pharmacist dad. He sounds hot. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, is he tall? 
He's not. That's the other. I mean, I I was such a freak growing up. My dad is like five foot eight. My mom is four eleven. Wow, like your brother. No. Like my, my <laughs> I mean, my brothers are all. I'm literally. You look at a family photo, and it's like, well, who brought the freak? It's like there's just like the gay tall guy. The gay is the, the alpha. I love that. I guess I am. I mean, you know. If only I had all my brother's hairlines, then I'd be unstoppable. Do they have nice hair? Yeah, great hair. All, my brothers that all work in offices all day have like gorgeous TV hair, and I'm like pumping Rogan into my system. You're like, do a transplant. If you love me, you'll do a transplant. You don't need it, Brett, whoever <laughs> your brother is. Wait, my dad's brother is Brett. You're a witch. <gasps> um, since we're getting towards the end, I want to. Um, Put some steam up your ass about another tweet that you had that I loved. Oh my god! Okay, Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball feels just as scary as the coup, and I think that that's not wrong. Nicole Kidman is incredible, but some of the things we're asking her to do—it's not fair to her. It's uh, there's no. First of all, her face is paralyzed with Botox, to my knowledge. To to my recent knowledge, it doesn't move much. And Lucille Ball was one of the most expressive people and like the thing is if deborah messing is alive we need to use her for this do you think it's a punishment because of deborah messing's twitter that she's not cast potentially i know she stirs up a lot of stuff it's i had to unfollow deborah messing and it's not something i'm proud to say but it was for my own family it was just like it was getting to a point where <laughs> deborah was deborah was taking up a lot of space but i agree that she i mean it's just it's, nicole can do some things well but playing an expressive lucille ball is not going to be one of them which i may it makes me think that it will be the overacting on camera will be such a minute part of this i think it's going to be like a dark world of lucy and ricky it's going to be like michelle williams playing gwen veard and um in the Fosse, in Fosse, I think it's yeah, it's going to be very dark, and there'll be certain like nods to her comedy, but it's going to be more about the dark underbelly. I agree. Yeah. Um. Uh, the other person who could play it, uh, Catherine Hahn. Oh my God! See, that would be in, in, uh, inspiring casting because coming off of like so many parts that are supporting that, like she she deserves the world. Like that's a person that would be one of the most versatile actresses out there. I hope that for her. I hope Catherine Hahn gets like those that final like gorgeous leading role that gives her an Oscar, and then she's set. She will for sure. Um, so then, one of the questions I like to ask my guests is: the world is ending, and you can only save one character actress. Do you have one in mind? Oh my god. Um, okay, so oh. this is so hard. Um, gay men character actresses are literally are there are not spirit animal, but whatever the new term is for that. Um, man, the only other person who's really jumping out for whatever reason, I don't think she gets enough credit is Missy Pyle. <gasps> yes. Wasn't there like a meme going around of her recently from, um, is it the parent trap? Um, no, but I know who you're talking about. She's great. Um, she's like a uh, Missy Pyle was in like, uh, Josie and the Pussycats. She was like the band manager's girlfriend. Oh my gosh. I'm mortified. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I, I am picturing, I was picturing this person, but I don't know what the movie was from. I'm thinking of she, she's also in very random reference, but she's also in the artist. Right. Do you remember that? I think it was the black and white film. Yeah. Um, she was also in, um, I think dodgeball maybe. <gasps> yeah. She's just, she's really funny and she's like over the top and I just love her face so much. But unfortunately I will probably, my final answer would be Catherine Hahn. I think she's made a few more contributions. Catherine Hahn with a Missy Pyle runner up. We love to see it. Um, Zach, I'm so glad you were here. You are a light, a star inspiring me to get on medication. And I'm thanking <laughs> you for that. Of course. Of course. I am uh, you. This was a joy that I had a, a genuinely great time talking to you. Isn't he a treat? Oh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you like this episode, share it to your Instagrams, your social media, tag Zach Noe Towers, let her know how much you love him. And do those mantras, my friends. Manifest what you deserve. Get the money. Get that big dom top. Whatever it is, I think you're going to get it. And I'm excited to see what happens. We'll see you next week on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Bye.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.